The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, kids, let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no cotton down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives a feel good sounds. Oh, Betty in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. Oh, she's weird and wonderful. Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen. She's wearing high heel shoes. Got her wings on, too. You know I've never seen a better stew. Oh, Betty and the Jets. Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about uh, some slippery little suckers, some airline hoarders, some slop in the aisle, a smart ass, and some sick soup. Let's get on with the show. Okay, so back in the day, when we used to um, serve food on every leg, we had, in the morning, we would serve these bagels with cream cheese. And there was a flight attendant uh, who was kind of known to be a little bit crazy, and she was very cheap, and she would take all of the leftover food off the plane and uh, not, you know, eat it all at home. So one flight, she always wanted to pick up the trash so she could get all of the the leftover food that was left over. People do this. So here we go. We served our bagels and cream cheese and breakfast, and it's time to pick up. And, of course, she wants to pick up. So we're letting her pick up, and here she comes back in the galley, and she has a bag full of half-used cream cheeses. And we were like, we were like, um, those cream cheeses have been used. Don't you want the one, you know, the ones that aren't used? And she goes, no, it's okay, the, the half-used ones. She goes, because I'm going to a party, and I'm just going to make a cheese ball out of them. Oh, my, oh my God. Oh, my gosh. No. You hear flight attendants are crazy. Yeah. That's something on another no. level. So we were all like, note to self, don't ever eat Cynthia's cheese balls at a party. <laughs> Actually, I got another one, though. We had this yeah. guy, he was a hoarder, and... Uh, he would work first class, and he would take the chicken with bites taken out of it and take it home and make enchiladas. And you'd go in the galley, and he'd have them soaking in hot water, like, to sanitize <laughs> the half-eaten chicken. <laughs> this is the world we live in. So we have some new flight attendants at my airline. And it's very refreshing because for the longest time, we didn't have any new people. And I like the new people. You know, they're so enthusiastic and they're excited and kind of reminds me when I was new. Um, But I have been since I've been, especially when I commute to work, because I 
it's only a short flight for me to get to work. So it's the crappy trips, the ones that the junior people do. So lots of times there's very new flight attendants and I there aren't any seats, so I have to sit on the jump seat with them. So, you know, I've been having lots and lots of conversations with brand new, very young flight tenants. And I'm starting to feel like <laughs> when I'm telling them stories about how it used to be when I started, I'm starting to feel like, you know, the people who used to say, oh, you know, I had to walk to school in the snow, you know, basically in the olden days. <laughs> <laughs> because there's certain things, like I'll tell them, oh, they complain about training. I'm like, when I went to training, you know, back in the olden days, we actually had a house mother. We had to sign, there was a woman there. Uh, and we had to sign in and out. And we didn't have, there were no cell phones at the time. And they didn't have phones in the room, no radios in the room, no TVs in the room. There was one TV for the whole, like, hundred and whatever of us in a room that got, like, couple stations and they had three pay phones, three pay phones for over a hundred, mainly women. That was terrible, but it really does sound like, you know, oh yeah, back in the olden days when I had to walk to school in the snow. So I was working with a very new flight attendant and we were on the dessert cart and I like to entertain myself. I'm sure you've realized because of this podcast, I like to entertain myself with certain little things. Um, oh, I don't even know if I should mention this, but I'll tell you, the other flight attendants love it when I tell them this. We have to stand when the demo, when we have a video for the demo, we still have to stand there in the front of the cabin. And, you know, it's boring and it's weird looking around at everyone. And, you know, people sometimes look at you, sometimes they don't. So to entertain myself when I have to stand there, I really don't know if I should say this, but it is what I do. And I do tell the other flight attendants and they do get a kick out of it is that Say I'm standing in the front of the business class cabin, what, like 36 people. I decide who I would sleep with if I had to, you know, like at gunpoint, sleep with somebody <laughs> in the cabin. And, you know, sometimes it's slim pickings, but I, it does make me look at everyone. <laughs> so lots of times I'll ask the other girl on the other side, I'm like, before we start, I'm like, uh, you know, pick out which one you, you know, have to sleep with if you had to sleep with someone and they always sometimes they look at me but then they 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 find it fun also so you know on your next flight you know when the flight is standing up there they might be sizing you up whether or not uh they'd sleep with you anyway <laughs> back to the story i i'm on the dessert cart with a brand new she must have been 22 year old flight attendant and um on the dessert cart we, you know we have cheese and crackers and sundaes and cake or whatever other dessert we have and there's um, tongs, like sort of bread tongs, you know, silver tongs to, to pick up the, you know, because you're not going to touch it. So you can pick up the cheese. And lots of times we have grapes or strawberries. But lots of times these tongs, they, they've been used so often that they don't open and close right or they don't close enough. And so it's very easy to drop things or drop something on the floor. And whenever I am using these tongs, like going to get grapes and they slide off and go on the floor, I say, uh, slippery little suckers. <laughs> Because I'm entertaining myself because in the Julia Roberts movie, Pretty Woman, when she's trying to eat escargot with the, the tongs and, you know, she flings it across the room and she says, uh, slippery little suckers. So sometimes the passengers will get my reference and they think it's funny and lots other times they don't. And they're probably thinking why she's saying slippery little suckers <laughs> on the dessert cart. Anyway, so the other flight attendant who's 22 looks at me like, why would you say that? I'm like, oh, it's from Pretty Woman. And she goes, that movie 
was out before I was born, which is, you know, kind of a crappy thing to say. <laughs> Not really, whatever. But so we get back to the uh, galley and I said, oh, so you have never seen Pretty Woman? She's like, no, it was out before I was born. I'm like, well, it doesn't mean you shouldn't see it as a good movie. I'm like, well, what about like the Brady Bunch? Have you ever seen that? No. Partridge Family? No. Like all the things that were sort of universal references, you know, they're just not the same. So my slippery little suckers <laughs> did not make her snicker. So I was thinking about the last story where the crazy flight attendant was taking the half-used cream cheese. Well, one thing, you have to give her credit because, you know, she's recycling the cream cheese. Granted, it's an icky way to recycle used cream cheese, but she was indeed recycling. And I hadn't thought about those, um, what we used to serve for breakfast back in the olden days. Uh, they were sort of, it was like a clear plastic plate with a bagel and cream cheese. There might have been jelly. And it was shrink-wrapped. And so it sort of looked like a oddly shaped frisbee. <laughs> and we had this crazy guy flight attendant. And he'd be passing out these uh, breakfast snacks. And he would say, breakfast disc? Breakfast disc? And he would throw them at the people like a frisbee. And they would... <laughs> They wouldn't know what to do. So they would catch them. So he's like, breakfast disc, breakfast disc. Sarah's off on a turnaround, flying gambling fools to the Holy Land. West Palm Beach story. You know, lots of wheelchairs, West Palm Beach. As the plane comes in, L1011, going to LaGuardia. I got lots of them. Pausing for effect. Wheelchairs, we're lining them up through the door, to the door of the airplane all the way to the jetway 37. I counted 37, all the way down. Flight attendant has been doing this for a while. It's a he. He starts handing out the little coat tags with a number on it. This is the number you're coming on. This is the number you'll be going off with. If you lose that number, you go to the back of the line. They were all cured when they got to LaGuardia. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> each card said 35. <laughs> he started at 37. <laughs> 32. Yeah, that's it. But they do cures. That's, that's what I call the Jetway Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So this next story, you, the listeners, were indirectly involved. I, you know, I'm always wanting to get people to tell me stories, and, it, and it's difficult. Um, just because there's not a lot of time. You know, people aren't necessarily always funny. Uh, and... It's always a little strange how I have to bring it up because I had we had finished the service, you know, part of the crew had gone on crew rest, everything was cleaned up, we had just picked up trash, uh, gone through with water. So basically, there was a little bit of downtime, and so this girl who's in the galley with me, uh, we had been talking about serious subjects like Ebola, you know, <laughs> ISIS. I don't know how we had gotten all that, but then I'm realizing, oh, this is my, one of my few opportunities to see if she has any funny stories. So, of course, right out of the blue, um, not a good segue from Ebola and ISIS. I'm like, so um, do you have any funny airline stories? And she's, as they usually do, are like, what? <laughs> you know, like, where is this coming from? And then I have to quickly say, you know, I have a podcast and most people don't know what a podcast is. It's like, you know, a radio show on the internet and I record people telling funny stories. And uh, 
She's like, no, nothing ever happens on my flights. I'm always amazed when people say that, too, because how can nothing happen on your flights? Because stuff happens on my flights. (laughs) So as I usually do, I start, because sometimes if you start bringing up subjects, they'll think of things. So I'm like, well, are there any stories you tell at parties? Or um, do you have any stories about like crazy flight attendants or crazy passengers or people puking or celebrities? And she's like, no, nothing. Nothing happens. And it was literally maybe five seconds from when she was saying, no, nothing happens on my flights. Here goes the call bell. Ding. And this is another thing. I love when you have good crews. You know, we've all seen flight attendants who don't want to be there, who are cranky, people who don't want to work. And here, she and I are like, are the exact opposite of that. So here's the call bell, ding. And she's like, I'll get it. And I go, no, I'll get it. And she's like, no, I'll get it. We're like basically saying, no, let me work. No, let me work. (laughs) And finally, I actually like hit her on the arm and I said, no, I'll get it. You just picked up trash. So I go to get the call bell and there's a man and he points to an older man walking away, walking towards business class. And he goes, I think, I think he needs help. Uh, I was noticing, oh, I think maybe the bathroom smell too. I might need to go get some uh, bathroom spray. Um, But I'm, you know, going with the immediate thing is who I think, I'm assuming he's lost. Old men, Older people can get lost. They can figure out where their seats are. So I knew where he was sitting. I'd noticed him before. Um, so I went running after him. And uh, I'm like, sir, are you looking for your seat? It's back here. And he, he's like, no, no. And then he says, I've messed in my britches. And I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I notice a huge smell. And I realize he's, he's, he's got number two in his pants. Oh, so sad. Anyway, I'm like, oh, oh sir, just here. Go, go in this bathroom. And, um, you know, we'll... we'll you know, he's like, I don't don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, we'll figure something out. Um, And so he goes in the bathroom and I realize, oh, you know, you think there's anything on the floor where he was? So I go back to where the man had rang the call bell. And sure enough, in the cross aisle by the bathroom is a pile of poop on the floor. And I was like, oh, (laughs) I went running back to the galley to get, you know, like uh, paper towels and trash bags and gloves, of course. And I didn't want anybody to step in. And of course, it's going to be smelling. You know, we're in the middle of a nine hour flight coming from London. Uh, So I go and tell the girl, um, I'm like, well, I'm gonna need your help because somebody pooped in the cross aisle. And she's just looking at me. And it literally took her seconds before it registered She's like, what? I'm like, somebody pooped in the cross aisle. We need to get some stuff. So she jumps up. We both go running. <laughs> I'm laughing because we're running to go go clean up poop. I mean, who who runs to go clean up poop? And I've been flying a long time. And I actually haven't ever had anybody poop in the cross aisle before. Granted, you know, I, I wasn't blaming the man. Obviously, he didn't he didn't intend to do it because I have heard stories of people drunk or on drugs intending to do something like that. But obviously, you know, it was a uh, accident. And of course, he, he felt horrible. So anyway, I wasn't thinking anything like that. So we first try to get um, we have these kits for in case there's uh, dangerous liquids. So bodily fluids or whatever. So we have these precautionary kits. They have like um 
like aprons and masks and better gloves and little shovels and like that yellow Z or green Z, the stuff you put on puke. So we're looking for that. And, you know, we're in a hurry because we don't want someone to step in the poop. You know, we don't want. So I couldn't find it where it was. But we were like, just, you know, we got to we got to do something first. So let's hurry up and um, we grab our old faithful things we use are just coffee and vodka, you know, because you can sterilize things with vodka and, and coffee smells so much better than, than poop. So we ran up there and she's, she's, she's come back with all this coffee and we have like this mound of coffee covering the poop. <laughs> now I'm laughing. I realize that most flight attendants or most people would not be laughing when you're dealing with a mound of coffee covering uh, diarrhea. But it just was, it was, you know, it's a ridiculous situation. And she had been smart. She had taken two trash cars and put them on either side. So at least people also wouldn't have to have to look at the poop or look at the poop covered in coffee. Anyway, so <laughs> then at this point, uh, I had, had run to tell the other flight attendant. And uh, also, um, I was worried about the guy still in the bathroom. So he was still in the bathroom. And I tell them there's a guy in the bathroom. And, you know, we got poop in the cross aisle. And then she she comes back. And since she has more time, she finds this kit, which has um, better gloves and like a little shovel type thing and the green Z. So now we've got poop covered with a mound of coffee and now with the uh, yellow Z. And she's looking at us like, oh gosh, I can't believe you're having to do this. And then I say to the flight attendant, I said, do you realize it was seconds after you told me nothing happens on, on your flight that the call bell went ding. <laughs> and we were fighting over who was going to get it. No, I'll get it. I'll get it. No, I'll get it. No, I'll get it. And so she's laughing and I'm laughing. And the other flight attendant is looking at us like, how can you be laughing? You're, you're, you, you know, you're knee deep in poop. And so the passenger, the one who rang the call bell, was also looking at us like, these people are crazy. How could they possibly still be in a good mood and still be smiling when there's poop involved? <laughs> I was laughing with her, too, because I was like, we should have asked for something better. You know, you say nothing happens on my, no, nothing strange ever happens on my flight. Ding. We should have been saying, you know, do you ever find thousands of dollars? You know, if you're going to conjure something. So, okay, so then the guy comes back and he feels so bad. And in my heart, oh, you know, there's a serious side to the story. You know, it's so horrible, the indignities that happen to people as you get older. I mean, we're in the middle of a of a flight and he comes back. He's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm like, telling him, it's okay. It's okay. And he's like, I said, do you have another pair of pants? And he's like, I don't. He said, I had it depends, but I already messed that one. And then he told me the saddest part of the story. He said, I was standing there waiting for the bathroom and somebody came out and I had to go. And I said to this man, I said, I have to go. And the guy wouldn't let him go in. He wouldn't let him. Oh, oh my heart just went out to him. The whole thing could have been avoided if the man could have had the decency to let an old man go in the bathroom before him. You know, a lesson out there to everyone. People, listen. If there's a child or an old person and they say they really have to go, you need to let them go. Let them go in front of you. You know, because, oh, you know, shit can happen. Shit happened. Didn't have to. Anyway, I felt so bad for the guy. And so, you know, we were trying to help him get cleaned up and put something down on his seat before he'd sit back down. Um, you know, it's all very sad. And the, the part that should have been the worst, which was the poop cleanup, really wasn't that bad. We put some vodka on it, um, you know, sprayed a bunch of spray. Uh, you know, it's certainly not the glamorous part of the job that people think of. 
when they're buying. Oh, no, yes. I love people and I don't mind cleaning up poop. <laughs> but then the flight attendants who had been on break come up from break and I'm like, oh, some shit happened while you were gone. <laughs> Back about probably 10 years ago when we still laid over in Crawley. Yeah, yeah. And we flew into Gatwick. We were coming home, and it was when the Norwalk virus first started becoming kind of well-known. And it was first broke out over in England. And they closed down all the hospitals because the epidemic was so bad that they had, like, closed all the hospitals. So we're working the flight home from Gatwick. And everybody's fine. About an hour into the flight, one of the flight attendants goes, I don't feel so good. And so we're all like, the next thing you know, it's coming out both ends. She's sick. We're all looking at each other. Another half hour later, someone else goes down. Hour later, someone else goes down. Dropping the flight attendants are dropping (laughs) like flies. And it was funny because I said, we went down for crew rest, and I said to my one friend, I said, I said, how do you feel? You feel okay? And she said, honey. It would take an act of God for me to get sick on an airplane, me to go in the lab and throw up. And wouldn't you know, like two hours later, she broke the door off the MD-11 bathroom, right, trying to get into it. It was an act of God. (laughs) But anyways, so we land in Cincinnati, and we've got four... We've got four flight attendants laying on the back alley. The ambulances come, take them off. We get in the ambulances go to the hospital I was okay I got sick the next day so I was okay but I went to the hospital with my friend you know we were all friends we all knew each other so so we're all at the hospital and here comes one of the girls Debbie and she's walking and she's got her IV and like the hospital gown on and her hose her pantyhose and we're like what do you why do you have pantyhose on with your hospital gown you know and she's like because I don't wear underwear. And we were like, what? You were wearing this, the dress. And she goes, I know, I don't wear underwear. And we were like, oh. It's an act of God. It's an act of God. So I found a new podcast that I like a lot that I thought I should mention. It's called uh, You Made It Weird with Pete Holmes. And... He's had lots of great guests, and I think it's very funny, and I thought you might enjoy. This is a quick clip from that podcast, You Made It Weird, with Pete Holmes, uh, with him talking to Deepak Chopra. You know, the um, he writes a lot of self-help, new age books, and I thought it was very interesting what he was saying about airplanes. <laughs> I kind of think that's what I keep going back to, as I'm like, that's my what is this. And sort of yet, thing. by the way, without an explanation, we create technologies. Right which are also mind-boggling. You know, yesterday I was on a plane from uh, uh, Colombia. Yeah, I saw on your Instagram that you were traveling. I was like, oh, yeah, it's the jet set. Yeah, so I'm in, and I'm on the plane, 36,000 feet above um, sea level. Yeah. My plane is going at 500 miles an hour. The earth is spinning on its axis, axis at yep. dizzying speed yep. and hurtling through space at thousands of miles an hour. Right. And I send a tweet to 1.9 million people. Okay? And I said, hey guys, 
This is an amazing thing. I'm right. just, I'm just, you know, pressing a little thing on my, my computer yeah. on, on the plane, which yeah. has a Wi-Fi. Yeah. And it's going to 1.9 million people, and then people are responding to me from a bus in Calcutta. Right. From a train in South Africa. Right. Okay. From some guy who's depressed in right. Montana. Right. Etc. All the while, my plane is surfing uh, the clouds above the clouds. <laughs> the Earth is spinning. The, the, the it's hurtling through space. Expanding. The galaxy is yeah. expanding, yeah. and the whole uh, Milky Way is spinning too. Never mind that we could go inward too and say subatomically. You were also nowhere. You were mostly empty space, and the chair you were sitting on yeah. was empty space. The universe is boundless outward in the con- cosmos, boundless inward in the atom. In <laughs> fact, you know, I just finished a book called Mind, Brain, Cosmos with 30, 40 scientists. It's about, it's about 900 pages long. <laughs> uh, wow. And so I asked each of the scientists that I selected to give me one sentence for their entire scientific scientific um, whatever the specialty was right their endeavor their, their endeavor so yeah. I asked the quantum scientist that I selected for the book he's like the best in the world yeah one of the best in the world I said one sentence and you know what his sentence Please was tell me. he said there are no boundaries there are no boundaries period <laughs> every boundary is notational Notational means we make it up. So when I say, <laughs> meet me at the corner of Broadway and 56th, yeah. we made it up, right? We agreed, now we can meet there. Right. But in fact, there's no boundary. Right. Latitude and longitude is no boundary. Yes. Right? Yes. But we create it and then we navigate around our creation. Right. And then we think it's real. Right. Okay, when in fact the whole thing was boundless to begin with. I got a lot of emails and tweets about the story from last episode when a passenger was getting off the plane and said, ta. And I, I, I think I, you know, I'd heard it before, but hadn't really thought about it. But I was thinking, oh, it's such a, I thought they were saying good, goodbye because they were walking off the plane. And I thought, oh, what if I just, you know, when we have to say goodbye, it'd be so much easier than all of my, you know, thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now. You know, all those things. If I could just go ta, ta, ta. Well, I got lots of emails and tweets telling me that ta is actually a British informal way of saying thanks. So the person who said ta to me as they were getting off the plane wasn't saying goodbye. They were saying thank you. Uh, It's like a late 18th century word, ta. It's also like a, a word used most often by children. I got a I think there were tweets from a listener named Donald, and he said he said ta to a woman who was weighing p- potatoes for him in a market, and she cut in and looked up at him and furiously said, I know what they are, because in Scotland, potatoes are called tatties, or ta, tatties, and um, when he was... In the email, when I was reading from him, that when he said ta to a woman potatoes for him in a market, and she cut in and looked at him and said, furiously said, I know what they are. I assumed that she was thinking he was talking about her um, tatas, because in the United States, you know, tatas is another word for, you know, um, boobies. So <laughs> I thought maybe she was looking at her chest and she thought, you know, she was saying, um, 
You know, I know what they are, you know, tatas. <laughs> okay, so you're, I've noticed you're very quick witted. <laughs> but you are, so, like, how do you get away with that with the passenger? Well, I'm so fast that they don't even realize they've been insulted yet. <laughs> they get home about three hours later and they're thinking, I think that bitch was rude to me. <laughs> she called me something. So what like, what are some of the things you've said to people? Okay, well, like this one time, this is just a little tiny one. This guy comes on the plane and we're going from Houston to Dallas. And he said, um, what's the in-flight entertainment movie? And I said, well, sir, I don't think that there's been a new release out that's 30 minutes long, but if we find one, we'll be sure and play it. And he said, it's only a 30 minute flight. I said, yeah, it's a lot faster than Greyhound. <laughs> You're right, he probably didn't think it. And anything. he's like, it sure is. <laughs> there's a girl, I just wanna stop real quick. There's a girl that this, this, well, they were saying that when they had the uh, movies overhead, the projector, yeah. you know, they said, we'll be showing a movie. So she, she asked the uh, flight attendant, she goes, well, where's the theater? Because she had heard there was a movie. And so the flight attendant goes, it's by the pool. It's by the pool. Well, in Dallas, we got all kinds of weirdness, you know, boarding. So this lady comes on with an actual steer head. Oh. Wrapped up with the horns. Oh, yeah. And asked me where I wanted her to put it. <laughs> and I said, I'm not allowed to tell you in uniform <laughs> where I would like for you to put that. She didn't think it was funny, but the five people behind her loved it. <laughs> so I would like to thank you guys who have gone to my website, BettyInTheSky.com, if you're going to buy something on Amazon. If you click through my site, it doesn't cost you any more, and I get a little... Um, percentage which helps support the show. I'd like to thank people this month who bought, I like to see what people are buying, and uh, somebody bought a spandex unitard, somebody bought 10 CB antennas, uh, a book on wolves, and a 39-inch TV, all kinds of stuff. Basically, you can get everything on Amazon. So if you're going to buy something, please think about clicking through my website, bettyinthesky.com, and it'll support the show. Thank you so much. I was working first class and I was out in the aisle and I was serving, we have like a, one of the courses is soup and salad and uh, the soup that day was African squash soup. So I said to this woman, you know, I'd been going up and down the aisle saying, would you like to try the African squash soup? Would you like to try the African squash soup? So I say to her, would you like to try the African squash soup? And she said, no, um, I'm afraid of Ebola. And Again, I've said it so many times, I'm, I, I, I always think I've heard it all, but I've never, <laughs> I've never heard of anybody being worried about the soup having Ebola in it because it's African squash soup. And I said, oh, you know, uh, I'm positive that's not one of the ingredients in the soup. Well, Hebrew and Dutch apparently are close together. Oh, now, really? I do not know any Hebrew except for Meshugana, right. which sounds a lot like Meshoka in Dutch. So 
means the same thing. Anywho, I was gate agent in West Palm Beach. Yeah. Pause for effect. <laughs> and there was another Dutch guy there, and we worked the gate together. And one time, remember how we used to board rows 30 through 45? Right. And all that. We made all the announcements in Dutch, boarded in Dutch. Nobody said a word, but everybody boarded when they were supposed to. Because it was uh, West Palm Beach. So back to the uh, poop story, uh, I was thinking about later after the incident, I was thinking about how it's interesting that when something happens on the airplane, like that flight, we were totally full. So are there probably 240 people on that airplane? And I would say only... I would even say less than 10, but let's say 20 people were aware that something was happening. Like the guy who rang his call bell or the people who were sitting right around there who could smell stuff or people sitting around there could see us running around with gloves and spray and shovels. (laughs) But the rest of the people, I'd say probably 220 people on that airplane, if you asked them later, you know, with a microphone, did anything happen on your flight? They'd be like, no, uh uh-uh. On nothing, nothing special. Uh, good flight, nice service. You know, basically no clue. And, you know, that's the way we want it, of course. You know, we don't want people to know if shit's happening. But it's also an interesting concept because when I first was writing my first book, my publisher had said to me, well, maybe we should ask the listeners or the passengers to send in stories. And I was trying to explain, you know, I don't, I don't think that will work because... Most often, the passengers, unless they're right next to something that's happening, have no idea anything happened. Literally, they're completely in the dark. And uh, I was talking to this other flight attendant, and she said she was working uh, first class, and she was handing out salads, and she's just about, she's like in the aisle. She hasn't quite, you know, she's not passing it to the passenger yet, but a cricket, a cricket jumped out of the salad at her. <laughs> oh my God. You know, crickets are not small. <laughs> Jumped at her and she said, you know, she initially just wanted to scream, but she figured if she screamed, this is funny how quick your mind can work because, you know, this is in the amount of time it takes for a cricket to jump at you. So she swallowed her scream. So she was kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> ran back to the galley. <laughs> she said, nobody, not one passenger noticed that a cricket had jumped, a live cricket had jumped out of the salad. (laughs) I'm sure she didn't serve that cricket salad. But that's the thing I was thinking about is that, you know, we have so many jobs on the airplane, but we also, basically, we do damage control. You know, we're shit stoppers and cricket wranglers. (laughs) Slippery little suckers. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with the Suitcase. I wanted to mention that the music for the show was sent to me uh, from Sheila from Spain. And uh, it's actually a Hall & Oates song called Vegas Turnaround or the Stewardess Song. Who would have thought that Hall & Oates had a stewardess song? Well, hope you'll join me again next time for another episode of Betty in the Sky with the Suitcase so we can travel the world together. And I hope your next flight is poop and cricket free. Thanks. Bye.